0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition,
1: despite their words, their actions in the 24 hours since House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave the green light to an impeachment inquiry, suggests that the move has spooked Democrats. Now, the White House sent a letter to top U.S. news executives this morning telling them that it would be a disservice to the American public for them to cover disinformation. Now, this sounds a lot like the actions that the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said ran afoul of the First Amendment when the Biden administration tried to silence critics of their COVID policy. White House House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said this earlier
2: today. It's a political stunt, uh, and it is going after the president politically, uh, not about the truth. There is no truth here. You know,
1: does this administration actually know what the truth looks like? I'm not sure they do. We're going to talk with Congresswoman Harriet Hageman of Wyoming, a member of the House Judiciary Committee. And speaking of COVID, another government whistleblower has come forward. This one from the CIA. The senior level agency officer said the CIA offered members of a small team investigating COVID-19 origins monetary incentives to change their position that the origin was the Chinese lab in Wuhan. I'm going to talk with Congressman Rich McCormick of Georgia, a member of the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. Uh, And as the reality of the Biden administration's deal with Iran settles in, even the lying legacy media is probing for answers. This
3: money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran and naturally we will decide, the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to, to spend it wherever uh, we
4: need it.
1: Now that was the Iranian president Raisi in an interview with NBC saying that despite claims this was for humanitarian purposes, they would use it however they want it. But White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said this.
5: The Iranian people will be the beneficiaries of, the, of these funds, not the regime. The regime doesn't get to touch the money, Peter. doesn't go to them. They don't get to, the, they don't get to decide uh, ultimate destination, uh, and, uh, and they have no direct access to it.
1: So, who's telling the truth? Or is anyone? We're going to talk with retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He's going to join me for the latest on Iran, and we're going to discuss North Korea's Kim Jong un's field trip to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin. And finally, the world has unfortunately become a much more volatile and dangerous place, in large part because of the policies of the Biden administration. And one area of great concern from this administration is on the international religious freedom front. Of course, should be surprised because it's difficult to promote abroad what your policies despise here at home. Now, Family Research Council was a part of the recent International Religious Freedom Forum in Taiwan. Ariel Del Turco, director of the Center for Religious Freedom here at the Family Research Council, was there. She joins me later with an overview. The website, TonyPerkins.com, resources there for you, contact information, and the action items that will come up in today's program. Our word for today comes from 1 Corinthians 10. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Paul provides a laundry list of behaviors that caused the children of Israel to have their bodies scattered in the wilderness after they came out of Egypt. They lusted after evil things, a reference to the food, the garlic and the leeks in Egypt as they complained about the manna God had provided. They worshipped idols, committed sexual immorality, spoke against God, murmured, questioning God's justice. Paul again says, these things happened to them as examples and were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. He concludes by saying this, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. That's a warning. We must be on guard so that we don't follow their example and fail to dwell in the abundant life that Jesus has provided for us. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org Bible. After Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy formally announced an impeachment inquiry into President Biden yesterday for corruption, abuse of power, and obstructing justice, the Biden administration responded by sending a letter to legacy news executives. According to the reports, the White House has urged the legacy media to ramp up their scrutiny of the House Republicans leading the impeachment investigation. Now, we've seen, and the media protect this president before, notably in their coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, but with the House investigation bringing subpoena power to probe the president's bank records and other transactions, will the legacy media be able to keep all this under wraps, and follow the White House marching orders. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Congresswoman Harriet Hageman. She is a member of the House Judiciary Committee and the House Freedom Caucus. She represents Wyoming's at-large congressional district. Congresswoman, welcome back to the program. Always great to see you.
2: Thank you, and it's wonderful to be here.
1: I, I want to ask you about this letter that the uh, White House is sending out to the legacy media, telling them basically to scrutinize Republicans not to pass on disinformation. This sounds a lot like what that they just got slapped for by the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in their c- collaborating with social media to censor Americans.
2: Well, you know, Tony, I think I'm going to need to buy a hundred copies of the Constitution and have them hand-delivered to the White House so that they can actually read the document that they are supposed to be following and that they swore to uphold. The First Amendment very clearly states that they can't do what it is that they're trying to do, uh, yet they continue to try to deflect attention. What I want to say to the, about this is, is that the American people are entitled to know the depth and the scope of the corruption of Joe Biden and how he has sold out the the United States of America. What do I mean by that? To what extent is our foreign policy being dictated by the agreements that Hunter Biden negotiated with the the Chinese Communist Party? To what extent is he continuing to try to spend send billions of dollars to Ukraine uh, because of the arrangements that you that that Hunter Biden and the, and the deals that Hunter Biden cut in Ukraine? We have got to have a better understanding of who is controlling the White House and why Joe Biden is making the decisions that he. It, that he is. These, this impeachment inquiry is to get to the bottom and expose Joe Biden for what he is.
1: So, Congresswoman, I want to ask you specifically to, to inform our, our listeners and our viewers what tools and information will now be available that was not available prior to this inquiry of impeachment?
2: It's my understanding that we will be able to actually force some of these agencies to produce the documents that will uncover what exactly what it is that we're talking about and expose this information. The other thing is to be able to bring more witnesses in to testify in front of us and allow us to ask the questions and expose, for example, the emails. We do know that Joe Biden was using uh, a, a, a name, other names on his email. He was using other email accounts that were not under Joe Biden's name to conduct official business to include Hunter Biden on official emails with folks from uh, under the Obama administration. So it's going to give us broader authority to actually gather the documents to show the American public what Joe Biden has been doing and how it has affected national security and the decisions that he has made.
1: So uh, previously, you were able to get some of the banking records from Hunter Mm -hmm. Biden Uh, But the president basically protected. But now that you have the impeachment inquiry, even his records will be accessible to the committee, much like what we saw with uh, President Trump, where there were two impeachment inquiries and uh, they had his IRS records and all types of information, which some of them released to the public.
2: You know, one of the things that really strikes me about this is that Joe Biden continuously professes that he has not done anything wrong. Yet at every single turn, he has attempted to thwart our ability to understand His relationship with Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's companies, as well as his interaction with foreign malign actors. So, you would think that a gentleman who wants to to come clean and he wants everybody to believe that he's been completely above board would provide us additional information about, for example, the 20 sham companies that were set up by Hunter Biden and other members of the Biden family to pour money from one account to another account to another account to another account, money that was coming again from the Chinese Communist Party, uh, Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Romania, and these other countries that are not exactly our friends.
1: So, Congresswoman Hageman, this question for you. Do do you think, based on what you've seen so far, you're going to find enough evidence here that would lead to an impeachment of Joe Biden?
2: We're going to follow the facts. We're going to to, to, to where the, the facts lead us. But I believe there's already sufficient evidence to demonstrate that Joe Biden is completely compromised. I think when you look at the documents from the Hunter Biden laptop, you will find uh, exactly what I'm talking about. And what I'm referring to are things such as his email to his daughter saying, uh, I, I had to give half of my, my money to, to to dad. I wouldn't make you do that, that. So it's those kinds of things that I think we, we absolutely already have the, The evidence, the whistleblowers and the information that they have provided has been extremely important.
1: Yeah, I think from my days as a police officer, I think there's enough there for probable calls to get a search warrant. Uh, and that would be getting this information, that, that the uh, the banking records, to see where, in fact, these statements lead. Did he get that money? So I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, if I've got time, I want to switch to another topic very quickly. Uh, today, uh, Senator Marco Rubio sent a letter to the FBI talking about uh, scandal and cover-up. Well, back in, in January, the the FBI gave testimony, the FBI director gave testimony regarding Uh, The letter that came out or the report that came out of the Richmond field office targeting Catholics for their ideology, which they said was radical. This was the, uh, the the traditional Catholics. So now it appears that the FBI director saying this was just in one place. It now appears that this was coming from multiple FBI locations.
2: We are uncovering those facts. And it wasn't just in January that he testified to that. He testified to that effect in July in front of the Judiciary Committee. And he repeatedly said that it was just one office, that it was a rogue office, that there was nobody, that nobody had ever authorized that letter, uh, that they were not targeting Catholics. They were not targeting traditional Catholics. And we now know that he lied to Congress. We now know that he was dishonest, both to the Senate, as well as to the House, in terms of what they have been doing in, in, in targeting, uh, the traditional Catholics and infiltrating churches. You know, Tony, this ought to frighten all of us. Again, the First Amendment is there for a reason. And the First Amendment, the freedom of religion, the freedom of the press, the the, the freedom of association, the freedom to to assemble, all of those things are so critically important. And then when you have the government who is targeting people because of their Christian uh, beliefs, their religious beliefs, you realize that you have a government that's gone completely rogue.
1: I think you're absolutely right. This is this, as you you said, should frighten every American that they were producing this th- these reports. Uh, and, and I was wrong the day the date that the report came out was in January. But that they're targeting people of traditional Christian faith in this yes. in this country. You're you're absolutely right. In this right.
2: country in the United States of America, yeah. that is based upon Judeo-Christian values. The idea that our government would be attempting to infiltrate Catholic churches is really, uh, it is so far beyond anything that I ever expected I would see out of our federal government. And here we are.
1: Yeah, Congresswoman Hageman, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, coming on and joining us today. Great to talk with you.
2: Thank you. Thanks, to
1: all right, folks, coming up on Washington Watch, did the CIA pay its own analyst a bribe to change their position on the origins of the coronavirus in Wuhan, China? I mean, stuff's crazy. This is the Biden administration, this is the deep state. And we are in a spiritual battle that's manifesting itself like never before. Don't go away. We're back with more after this.
0: Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role.
1: Welcome back. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday for Washington Watch. All right, this is a big week. We've got the Pray Vote Stand Summit coming up Friday and Saturday. Great lineup. We're going to have uh, former President Donald Trump, former Vice President Mike Pence, Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, we're going to have uh, a host of other leaders, congressional leaders, as well as a number of religious leaders, pastors. We're going to have Pastor Jack Hibbs, Gary Hamrick, and uh, and others. So be sure and. If you can, join us. There's still time and there's still room, but you're going to have to register soon. Go to prayvotestand.org to find out more and to register. As I mentioned, according to House Coronavirus Subcommittee Chairman Brad Winstrup and House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner, a senior-level CIA officer with decades of experience testified to members of Congress that the CIA offered a monetary bribe to agents investigating the origins of COVID-19 to change their conclusion that the virus originated from a leak at the Wuhan lab. Now, you'll recall that both the FBI and the Department of Energy uh, released their conclusions that the virus most likely originated from the Wuhan lab. So what was behind this? Why would the CIA want to cover up their own findings? What were they afraid of? Who were they trying to protect Where does this go back to? Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Rich McCormick. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the House Foreign Affairs Committee, and the House Committee on Science, Space and Technology, as well as the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. He represents the 6th Congressional District of Georgia. Dr. McCormick, welcome back to the program. Great to see you.
3: Thanks. Good to be with you.
1: So what do we know about this potential CIA bribe and cover-up so far?
3: So what we've heard is some of it's not specific, but basically six out of seven scientists originally stated that they thought that this was from a lab leak. And it makes sense as a scientist, as an ER doctor. Not much else makes sense other than a lab leak. Then suddenly they changed their opinions based on essentially a bribe. Uh, They were promised a bonus if they would uh, reconsider and say, no, we think this came from a natural, of course, such as a bat or a dog or whatever you want to say it came from. Uh, the fact of the matter is it never made sense from the beginning because China put a considerable amount of effort into proving that it came from a natural source, which they could never prove. If it came from a natural reservoir, then it would have still existed. That's how viruses exist. They, they continue in the same species, but we've never been able to identify that whatsoever. So the only remaining natural theory that makes sense is from the lab, leak, from a lab that, by the way, remember, said we are going to do uh, we want to get funding for this uh, advancement uh, of technology so we can actually have gain of function. We said, no, they did it anyways. Usually when you ask for that kind of funding, they've already started anyways. Right. It was embarrassing to our government. In my opinion, Fauci covered it up because he was embarrassed that we are funding it to begin with, even if it was with or without our, our permission. Uh, why the CIA got involved with it would had, had have been some sort of direction from the president. Uh, otherwise, I don't know why they'd want to cover it up, quite frankly. And that's what we get to get to the bottom of, is the next step of, why there was such a cover-up, why would the CIA get involved in in pushing their thumb down on the scales of justice and figuring out what actually happened? That's what's really worrying people all the way around. When the government comes in and they have an issue that that has nothing to do with getting what's right and just, not finding the truth, but just playing politics, that always worries us. From the beginning of time, the, the establishment of our country, we've had a deep mistrust of government, and especially when they do these sort of things, it just makes us more worried.
1: Well, you, you, being on the subcommittee, the select sub, subcommittee on the coronavirus, you've heard a lot of testimony, look at a lot of documents. Is, is, it, a re, is it reasonable for f, to look at this and say, was the CIA possibly covering for China?
3: It, it sure is troubling to think that. I mean, why would it? Uh, I, I think it's because we have been in, in coercion uh, unwittingly. I think it makes us look very uh, dull in our investment in the Wuhan lab. Uh, where they did something that literally cost multiple countries millions and millions of, uh, of lives of their citizens because something that we're funding. Like I said, I don't think we wittingly went into this and said, we want you to do gain of function. We're authorizing that. But the fact is, we were funding it, whether we wanted to or not. And I think that's where the cover-up came. And as you know, most problems come from cover-ups, not from honesty.
1: Right. So what's are the next steps for the subcommittee that's looking into this now that you have this information?
3: Well, let's find out who got those bonuses. Identify those scientists. Bring them in. Make them testify, so they actually have to have an honest conversation and enlighten us on who gave those bonuses, who offered it specifically. Let's weed out the CIA CIA. Let's weed out the FBI. Let's let make sure we call to the carpet those people who are doing things that are not just unjust but dishonest and, and get an honest conversation. I think that's what the American public demands: is that they have transparency of their government that their uh, government agencies aren't colluding with the enemy or covering up something that we can learn from, uh, because we want better answers for the things that we fund.
1: But it's kind of like whack-a-mole. I mean, every time you turn around, there's another scandal over here, there's more information coming out over here. And and, in fact, you've been heavily focused on the chaos at the southern border, particularly as an entry point for known terrorists. what is the what is the way forward here? What does the Biden administration need to do to address the crisis at our border? The only thing the
3: Biden administration can do to address the border is to get out. We need to replace him. He's not going to do it. He's, he already knows this is unpopular, even with his own party. You have sanctuary cities saying, enough, we can't handle it. Uh, when a sanctuary city says, we want to send them to the country, you know there's a big problem. When the cities that, that have it was such a great idea until they had to deal with it. All of a sudden, the realities hit them. They don't have a place to keep them. Then when you have nothing but consumers, nobody producing something, when they're consuming, uh, whether it be food, shelter, uh, they're not working. They're not legally allowed to work. Uh, Stay in Mexico was the right thing to do. And now we're we're literally having billion-dollar grants with no bidding process, providing people at a very expensive rate, uh, more than you and I would go on a vacation with. Uh, for very meager accommodations with no hope of staying here in the long term because they're not here legally. And the only way for them to stay here will be through uh, uh, avoiding any court, sort of contact with the legal system, because they're going to be deported if we follow the law. Right. And if we're not following the law, why are they here to begin with?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's part of the humanitarian crisis. Of course, we've got the children that have just been lost, the tens of thousands of children that have been lost. We've got the drugs coming over. We've got the terrorists coming over. It. And you're right. I I was on the border during the Trump administration's policy of uh, remain in Mexico, and it looked like a ghost town. Uh, It was working back then. Congressman, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, Great to see you. Appreciate your insight.
3: My pleasure. God bless you and semper
1: fidelis. Semper fi. Congressman McCormick of Georgia. All right. A major international religious freedom summit took place last week in Taiwan. Um, It's important important issue of religious freedom internationally. It's something that's been neglected under this administration. FRC's Ariel Del Turco was there, spoke at the forum. She joins me next with a report on her trip to Taiwan. Don't go away.
4: Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion.
5: Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview.
1: This is Washington Watch. I'm your host Tony Perkins. The website tonyperkins.com. As I mentioned earlier, coming up this weekend, the Prevote Stand Summit begins Friday morning. So just a couple of days away, but we'll still have time to uh, to be a part of it. You can register online at PrayVoteStand.org. We've got uh, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, Friday night uh, we're going to hear from. Uh, Former President Donald Trump. We're going to hear from Governor DeSantis, Uh, Mike Pence. Vivek is going to be with us. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley. We'll have uh, several members of Congress that are going to be on various panels, uh, informing you of what's going on. Dr. Ben Carson is going to be here. North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who's really stirred things up in that state, taking on the education system. Uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew uh, Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He's the one that's been on the program quite a bit. He's Gone after the successfully gone after the Biden administration on their censorship of free speech. Pastor Jack Hibbs, Gary Hamrick, Oz Guinness, uh, Riley Gaines, the swimmer. She's going to be with us. So anyway, uh, and a lot more. Go to go to prayvotestand.org to get a full listing and to register again. That's prayvotestand.org. Last week, the uh, Taiwan International Religious Freedom Forum took place in Taipei, where officials, dignitaries, lawmakers and faith leaders from around the world gathered to confront and expose religious persecution throughout the world. Now, this was something that the United States was taking the lead on during the Trump administration, but uh, it's fallen to the wayside. You know, and you think about the locations for this meeting last week, I can't think of a better place to hold this forum than on the island of Taiwan under the shadow of the Chinese Communist Party, uh, as they are boldly standing for religious freedom and for freedom of of all people. In fact, uh, uh, the uh, president of the parliament there gave me an award for being sanctioned by the Chinese and I was unable to make it to Taiwan, but we sent uh, someone who was much more capable of dealing with the issue of international religious freedom, the director of our Center for Religious Liberty here at the Family Research Council, Ariel Del Turco. Ariel, welcome back.
6: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: So if you fall asleep, I'll know it's jet lag.
6: <laughs> Just that.
1: Well, give us a uh, give us a quick interview of, number one, or an overview, the, the, the purpose mm-hmm. of uh, the forum and, and the outcome.
6: Yeah, well, the purpose was to gather uh, leaders on this issue and politicians who want to advance the cause of religious freedom. And it's such an important region because Asia is sadly a bit of a hotbed for persecution. You've got China, you've got North Korea, you've got Burma, uh, you've got other places that are really struggling, and Christians and others who are struggling there. Uh, So it was gathered there, but you were exactly right. It was in a free country, the country of Taiwan, which has really taken up this issue of religious freedom. And they are eager to be champions on this. And it's a very unique setting uh, because it's in a Chinese speaking country, very close to China, an island not very far away. And yet it's so very different. And it's really a model of Uh, how countries can embrace religious freedom, can embrace political freedoms. Only 30 years ago, this country was under martial law. So it's really a model for the rest of Asia.
1: How many different countries were represented there?
6: Oh, dozens of countries across Asia and also across the world. We had representatives from Africa telling their story, talking about the persecution of Christians in Nigeria and elsewhere. Uh, We had representatives from North Korea, uh, from Europe. So...
1: Ariel, uh, answer this question. You know, someone say, "Well, you know, I know your, your Family Research Council. You're focused on policy in the United States, and I know you work on religious freedom because that obviously is important. Why, why would you go to to, to Taiwan?"
6: Yeah, well, the United States actually has an outsized impact. What happens here matters, but also our foreign policy has a great impact around the world, and that's for good or bad. So as Christians who care about government, we need to be focused on making sure that our foreign policy is upholding godly values, upholding American values like religious freedom uh, and exporting that around the world. And sadly, this is totally diminished under the Biden administration. Uh, yeah, it has has long-standing uh...
1: and, and what happens internationally when you build allies like yeah. being there in and we've already seen this with Taiwan we're building allies there so that like in the United Nations we're, we're not crazy about these uh, global forums but we know that there are outcomes there and so we want to build these alliances to advocate for religious freedom or sanctity of human life And in the absence of an administration that does that, we have to have voices of other countries. And we are kind of, in many ways, conducting a choir.
6: You're right. Uh, When the Biden administration is failing, it's really on activists, it's on other countries to pick up the torch, to carry the torch for religious freedom. Uh, And Taiwan is happy to do that. And so it's great for FRC to be able to go over there, to support them, to affirm them in that leadership on this issue.
1: So very quickly, uh, what were some of the outcomes?
6: Uh, one of the outcomes is just connecting, connecting politicians there uh, with activists from around the world. I think they were very inspired. They're very ready to take action. Um, And so are many of the activists. Uh, We shared ideas on uh, what we can advocate for. um, And I I think there's going to be great outcomes from this event.
1: So did you enjoy the food?
6: Oh, it was great. (laughs) I
1: bet you may. uh, You know, Travis, who's frequently on the program, he he loves to try new food. So he's probably jealous that he didn't get uh, food. Did you Bring anything back in your suitcase for
6: him? Uh, No food, sadly. I I don't think it was allowed, but I'm sure he's disappointed.
1: (laughs) Well, welcome back. Thanks for going. Appreciate you uh, representing FRC. Thank you. All right. Well, folks, on the other side of the break, uh, we're going to take a look at this $6 billion that has gone to Iran, and we're also going to look at Kim Jong Un and his uh, visit to Russia. Lieutenant General, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin joins me next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. A lot more yet to come.
5: Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders. For this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media, watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to prayvotestand.org. Again, that's prayvotestand.org.
0: Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom. And you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded communities. Just text STAND to
5: 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free factual news stories, and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day, ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged. Be in the know. And stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com.
0: FRC, celebrating 40 years with Congresswoman Lisa McLean.
6: In in Congress, it's tough. And you get hit, you know, you you get bombs thrown at you from all different sides. And at times... Um, you have a tendency to get down. FRC approaches things in a very different way. It it approaches it with a faith-based principle, in a a faith-based manner, which is really lacking not only in Congress, but I would say in America today. FRC is an organization that provides an optimistic, hopeful, positive view of the future.
1: Welcome back. That was uh, Congresswoman Lisa McClain, and I appreciate her. There's so many men and women uh, that have been drawn here to our nation's capital. I've watched this over my 20 years here, who feel called that God has called them here to our nation's capital. We have more born-again, Bible-believing Christians serving in Congress now than probably ever before. Now, they're not in the majority, but they're certainly having an impact. And as she said, we're, we are different. We're not like many of the other groups, even the conservative groups. We're not about making headlines. We're about making history by investing in the things that matter, and that's in people's lives and that's in the policies. And it's not always seen today. It could be years down the road when you actually see the outcome of that. But you can be a part of the Pray Vote Stand Summit and meet some of these individuals, hear what's happening, and how you can be a part of the solution. It's not just enough to complain. We've got to be equipped We've got to be encouraged. We've got to be prayed up. We've got to vote, and we've got to stand for truth. And that's what the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit's all about. Find out more. Go to prayvotestand.org. Well, yesterday on the program, I discussed President Biden's agreement to release $6 billion, that's with a B, dollars to, the, to Iran as a part of the hostage exchange program with the terrorist regime. Now, the White House continues to defend the deal, which will subsidize uh, Iran's terrorism and nuclear nuclear weapons capabilities, while also guaranteeing its regime regime will continue to seize, to, uh, seize more hostages in the future. It Senate advises it. Well, join me now to uh, continue our discussion from yesterday, as well as touch on other international issues of concern. Retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, who serves as FRC's Executive Vice President, General Boykin spent... The last four years of his 36-and-a-half-year military career serving as the Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence. General, welcome back. I'm glad to be with you. So let me start with a clip. We talked about it yesterday, but it had not yet aired. This was the president of Iran, President Raisi, uh, on NBC, basically saying that they'll do whatever they want with uh, the money. Let's play a clip. Number Eleven. This
3: money belongs to the Islamic Republic of Iran. and naturally, we will decide the Islamic Republic of Iran will decide to to spend it wherever uh, we need it.
1: So pushing back on that today was uh, John Kirby. He's the coordinator for Strategic Communications at the National. Security Council in the White House uh, he said this in response to that clip five
2: the Iranian
5: people will be the beneficiaries of the, of these funds not the regime the regime doesn't get to touch the money Peter doesn't go to them they don't get to the, they don't get to decide uh, ultimate destination uh, and uh, and they have no direct access to it
1: General I'm, I'm speechless.
7: Does he does he
1: really believe what he is saying?
7: Tony, I don't know how he could. Look, this guy's been around a long time. He's been a press secretary for a long time, and I don't see how he could possibly believe what he is saying, given the track record of the Iranians, given the track record of what they've done uh, with the JCPOA, for example. That was a lo- a rock-solid agreement, supposedly. And look what they've done. They have violated just about every provision within the JCPOA. No, the one that's telling the truth here is actually the Iranian president, Raisi. How would the the regime not have control of the money? It it doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to that. Uh, First of all, I think everybody knows that even if this was America— There is no way, once that money is released, that you have any control over it. And I would bet you that there are going to be some people in this administration in Iran today that are going to become wealthy people overnight.
1: I want to play another clip. Uh, because obviously people are saying the same things we talked about yesterday. This is only going to incentivize bad behavior. And how do you know that this is only going to be used for humanitarian purposes, which is what the U.S. is claiming? Play clip number three.
5: If Iran tries to divert the funds, we'll take action, and we'll lock them up again. I also want to be clear. This is not a payment of any kind. It's not ransom. These aren't U.S. taxpayer dollars.
7: So I guess they can probably put toothpaste back in the tube again, too, right? Yeah. Well, this is a, this is the same regime now. Keep in mind the same administration that uh, that probably is responsible for the most abysmal foreign uh, policy event in in my lifetime, and that was Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Uh, this is the same uh, organization there or administration that has made so many bad mistakes, so many bad decisions, so many things that have cost our reputation in the world. And uh, and now we are asked to believe them. And, you know, what really ticks me off about this, Tony, is when Kirby says, well, go ask the parents of this person, well, how they feel about it. They don't make foreign policy in this country. It's not their responsibility. I, I am sorry for them. Right. I really am. I want to see their children home as well. But that, to, to say that to an American citizen, uh, especially somebody in the media, is is just, uh, I, I think it's just unforgivable for him to do that and pull it's lack that of leada- It's a lack of leadership. It is absolutely a lack of leadership. Because there's another way to bring Americans home
1: we talked about it yesterday, that is to put America first and to have a strong military. Ronald Reagan understood that. You saw that, serving under Ronald Reagan. That strength gains respect. Weakness is exploited, and that's what this is. This is exploiting America. And the idea that once they re- they've they turned these monies over to Cutter. And they're going to be distributing them. They're not going to be able to get this money back once it starts flowing.
7: Yeah, and look, you got to look at uh, Ronald Reagan th- through the lens of uh, Americans that want to put America first. You got to look at Ronald Reagan that way because he was the same. He didn't talk about it in those in those terms, but when the Russians and the Cubans were building airfields down on a little island off the north coast of South America that would put those planes within reach of America, Ronald Reagan said, not in my hemisphere and not on my watch. And he 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 sent the military down there to clean that place up, turn it back over. And there was there were repeated things that he did like that. And it got to the point where nobody was going to challenge him anymore. And Trump was the same way. He was exactly the same and, way. And the
1: different and I'm not saying the other Republican leaders that we've had would not take action
7: but those two president took when they would take action it was to win it was all out it was right. all or nothing as far as they were concerned and they sent what was needed uh, and in most cases what was asked for by the commanders on the ground that was a basic principle and they intended that uh, that, that we were going to win whatever it took we were going and to And that was a big
1: break I mean going back to re- really Korea where we started uh, this containment policy in terms of our military engagement, That's just right. to
7: contain, not to actually win. That that is exactly right, and that was that was such a shock to the World War II veterans. You know that we were in a war that we could not say we had won, and and there was a, I mean there were a lot of lives, American lives lost in in Korea too, but that you did, you had Harry Truman. Look, uh, give him hell, Harry. You know, who. Uh, I don't think did what he should have done until uh he got down to the very end there and he realized that this war will go on and we're gonna lose another million Americans was the estimate at the time. And uh and and he he went off, you know, all out. It's all or nothing on what we're about to do here. But since him we haven't really had a president until Reagan came along right. that really understood that. Even Eisenhower, you know.
1: Well, let's let's transition because I don't want to run out of time again today. We ran out of time yesterday. I, I want to go to Russia. This meeting with uh, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong Un, taking a field trip to uh, to Russia to meet with Vladimir Putin.
7: What are we to make of this? What do we know? Well, obviously, uh, Kim Jong Un wants uh, wants to be in the headlines. He he wants to be back in the public eye and. Uh, but they there are some real issues here, and they're, they're and they're concerning. We we need to take this very seriously, uh, because he does have a nuclear capability. Where he's suffering is with his missiles, and that's one of the things that he wants from the Russians. He wants te- technology that will help him to build the missiles that would be able to deliver nuclear warheads. Uh, and he also, he, for years, he's been getting oil from the Russians. So he is very dependent upon them. And I think he, uh, among other things, he wants to make sure that that relationship is solid. Uh, and what what Putin wants from him is he wants artillery rounds, he wants small arms ammunition, and uh, and, and anything else that they have that would help him to uh, over, overcome the U- Ukrainians.
1: So North Korea has the manufacturing capability
7: to turn that out? They have the capability. They've also got big stockpiles. They've got a lot of stockpiles. Remember, they, they got their tactics largely from Russia, and Russia is one who believes just fire as much artillery as you can. This, is a, this goes back to, to World War II. Fire as much artillery as you can. You know, Deplete everything that your enemy has on the ground, deplete it, and, uh, and then make your attack. And that's what we trained for for the folded gap as as it was called that uh, we expected to fight if we had another war and uh, so that's what they that's what the uh, uh Russians want from him is they want that artillery that will give them the opportunity to do just that and they fired they have already fired over a million rounds of artillery based on the numbers that I've seen so will this
1: Accelerate North Korea's ability to have an effective uh, missile.
7: If they give them the technology, the missile technology. If the Russians do that, then yes, of course. It because
1: would. Russia now is—I mean, what does Russia have to lose? They're isolated from the rest of the world. They uh-huh. need this. They need these munitions. They—I mean, where else? Where else should they turn? I mean, China is not as responsive. Uh, North Korea, as you said, uh, Kim Jong Un is looking for headlines, but he's looking for a friend, and yes. if he can advance his uh, missile technology, I mean, it's a win-win for him.
7: Well, you look at it; uh, he and and, uh, and Putin both have become pariahs. They have. They are isolated now, and uh, and China's playing both both sides. China's doing some some funny stuff, like uh, like when he uh, had this big uh, leaders meeting and uh with the leaders in in the central asian region there the afghanistan or not afghanistan but turkmenistan kujistan and all that and he didn't invite putin to that after he had just left putin's headquarters and uh and told him we're gonna see a, a new day dawning we're gonna see uh a situation that we haven't seen in a hundred years between the two of us. And then he went off and invited all these other uh, people to uh, a meeting and left Putin out. So Putin's got to realize he's being played and uh, and the Chinese are just playing him like a fiddle. We just got about a minute left, General, but
1: as we see this progressing now that we're you know way into this Ukrainian war. These alliances, the shifting of the international uh, geopolitical board, are we at a much more volatile point, or are there more danger points
7: around the around the world that we need to be watching? I think there is, because there's so many political shifts now. I mean, the the power shifts that are taking place now. And look, make no mistake, our biggest enemy, our most dangerous and threatening enemy, is China. But Russia's not too far behind them, and particularly given the man that is in charge of, of, of Russia right now, because I think he is getting desperate. He has been a total failure in terms of uh, doing what he intended to do and expected to do with the Ukrainians. And he, it's embarrassed him on all fronts. His own soldiers are killing their leaders, and, 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 and some of them are even getting out of their tanks and walking back to Belarus. That's a huge embarrassment for him. So, in fact, if you look at yesterday's paper, there was some propaganda out about how all these young people, young men in Russia are rushing down to the the recruiting stations so they can sign up and fight in this glorious war. That's not true.
1: More propaganda, kind of what we see coming out of our government. It is. General, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. All right. Folks reason to pray. We need to be praying. We live in a very volatile time, but there's no reason for us as followers of Christ to be disturbed. We can have peace in the midst of all this. Jesus said these things were going to unfold, and uh, we need to keep our eyes on him. We need to be prayed up. We need to be read up on the scripture, and we need to be engaged in the world around us. All right, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, prepared, taken your stand, by all means, keep standing.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action.